Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Hey, everybody. Hello. Guys, uh, when I was younger, I wanted to be a professional athlete. Anybody else uh, currently? You're like, yeah, that's, that's the goal, man. And yeah, I, I played most sports growing up. Uh, and so I was like, might as well choose one and become a pro at it. Can't be that difficult. And uh, it wasn't long into that process where I realized um, that a, uh, a major factor was missing in my pursuit of becoming a professional sports player. And it was that I was not super passionate about sports. I liked them. I like watching sports. I like talking about them and even playing them. But, but I didn't love the practices. I didn't really love the games. Like I was always kind of wanting to just be hanging out with my friends or something. So I liked the team part of it, but I just, I, I didn't love it. And, and so now looking back, like when I've thought about that, I, I asked myself, well, then why did I want to be a professional athlete? Because uh, having a passion for sports, maybe you don't know this, is going to be a pretty big part of becoming a professional athlete. And so I was asking myself, okay, well, then why did I, why did I want to do that? And I didn't think that it was because, you know, the check or the lifestyle or anything. And then it hit me. I loved the idea of people liking me. I loved the idea of people chanting my name, of the whole area, arena just so, yeah, Tyler, go. I loved that idea, right? And I liked the idea of my team being proud of me. I liked the idea of scoring the game-winning homer or basket or touchdown or hockey. Hockey. And I just, I liked that idea. But it was, it was just that. It was just like, I love this idea of people loving me. And here's the thing, even if it's not sports, I think that we can all a little bit relate to this idea of wanting to be liked or wanting to be seen or wanting applause. And it's that very thing that Jesus talks about at the very beginning of Matthew chapter 6, which is what you just heard read. And so verse 1 kind of serves as a topic sentence for the whole rest of chapter 6. Just like you would use in writing a paper at school, it's the rest of chapter 6 is all based around what Jesus says in verse 1. And so he's not really talking about the law anymore. Because this is the first time that Jesus hasn't started a new section where he said, you've heard it said, dot, dot, dot. He doesn't say that here. And so that kind of shows us that he's talking about something different. He still cares about our hearts. He's still talking about the kingdom. But now he's also talking about how a changed heart leads to a changed life. And so he's talking about the way that we live. And he starts off by saying that a life in the kingdom, a life where Jesus is your king, where you are following Jesus, is not all about making yourself look awesome. It's not all about getting the people around you to like you, getting people to chant your name. It's not about putting on a show. It's not about doing an awesome performance and everyone thinking that you're great or living this really good life so everybody just thinks you're awesome. It's not 
about that. I mean, look what he says in verse 1. He says, okay, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So that word righteousness is maybe not one that we use very often. You talk about it maybe in church or like in certain surfing movies, you maybe have heard it. Righteousness is just right living. To live righteously means to live in the way that God's kingdom has been designed, to live in a way that honors God and obeys God. So to put this verse another way, what Jesus is really kind of getting at is saying, be careful to not live for others by pretending to live for Jesus. So don't kind of put a Jesus name tag on, but then do everything so that people think you're awesome. So that's what he starts with. Now, Jesus isn't saying that you and I have to live some kind of secretive life. Like he's not saying that you need to go around like a spy and only pray like when no one's looking, right? Like he's not saying that you can only sing to God in your room in the middle of the night in the dark, right? Like he's not saying that at all. He's saying that it's dangerous if we're doing those things so that other people see us and think we're awesome. He's saying it's dangerous if we are wanting to live a good life so that people think that we're good. He says, if you are doing these things for the reason of people thinking that you're awesome, then that's what we want to talk about. That's what we want to address. So it's not bad. Like, it's not bad if you are praying or you're worshiping or you're giving or you're talking about Jesus and somebody sees you doing that or overhears you talking about that, right? Like if you're like, amen, and then you see somebody and you're like, oh, and then God's not like, oh, that's not, that's not what's gonna happen, right? Like God's not gonna be mad at you for praying, right? Jesus is saying, but it's dangerous if we're doing those things so other people see us and other people think that we're awesome, and so to help us understand what this means, Jesus gives us an example. And the example that he gives us is about giving. So verse two says this. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So, okay, so imagine this. Imagine that I have all this money in my pocket. I think this is $5. And uh, imagine that I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling generous today. I'm going to give this to something that is good. So I'm going to walk to the back of the room in here. I'm going to walk to the boxes that we have over there. I'm going to walk into the lobby and to the boxes up there. But before I do, I'm going to, I'm going to go up to the box, right? And then I'm going to say, hey, everybody, I got something to say. I'm awesome. Look at me, I'm generous. I mean, guys, seriously, I know it's not a lot for me, but seriously, hey, I want to give this to you. And, and hey, I, this, this is a sacrifice for me. Like I, I want to help out. I know this is a lot for maybe some of you little people, but seriously, I don't mind. No, yay, you're welcome. No, sir, you're welcome. Name the building after me, right? Like if I did that, that is ridiculous. And Jesus is being funny because that's a ridiculous thing. He's using a ridiculous action. Uh, and I did practice the trumpet before this so that what did happen wouldn't happen, but here we are. And Jesus is using a ridiculous thing to point out a ridiculous action. And that action is giving to get noticed. It's giving to get applause. It's giving to get glory. 
And Jesus says, if, if that's the way that you're living, if everything that you're doing is in the name of Jesus, but really it's in the name of you and you just kind of tie a nice little Jesus bow on it, if that's what you're doing, then you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Why? Because if that's what you're doing, if you are living, that's, if your life is just all about me, then your heart, which is all what we talked about in chapter five, then your heart is not gonna be in a place where it's even ready to receive the kind of transformation that Jesus wants to do. And so you're not gonna accept what you don't even know what you're not, what you don't even know you don't need. Does that make sense? You're not gonna be ready for the very thing that you don't want because what you're living, the way that you're living shows that you aren't ready for the kind of reward that God has for you. Now you might say, well, Tyler, I mean, at the end of the day, a good thing still happens, right? Like at the end of the day, I can give my money and I'm still giving money to the church. So it's still a good thing, right? Like, like, sure, maybe my heart was just so that people see me, but like, I still gave money. So it's good, right? Like God's not going to be mad, right? Wrong. Here's why. Because all of chapter five just told us why. That Jesus cares about our hearts. Jesus cares about our hearts. The action can be right. But if the heart is wrong, then it is worthless. It's fake. So if you ask yourself, am I doing a good thing? Yes. But if the follow-up question is, am I doing this for God or myself? And if the answer is myself, then that's a fake faith. It's worthless. God doesn't want anything to do with that. And Jesus says that the only reward that fake faith gets is empty applause. You ever been in like a really big room and you make, you know, you clap or something and it's like a big empty room and you clap or there's an echo and it's really loud for a second, but then what happens? It just dies down. It's really loud and then it goes away. It's there and, and all you wanted was there and then it goes away. And, and that's what Jesus says fake faith is. It's, it's empty, it's worthless, it's just not worth your time. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul puts it like this. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but don't have love, I gain nothing. A gong is loud in the moment, just like a trumpet blast. But then what happens? It's there, it's loud, and then it's gone. And so in one of the most famous passages in the Bible that from 1 Corinthians 13, we see that Paul is really just getting at something that Jesus has already talked about. He's just getting at something that Jesus has already talked about. And that's that if the heart is in the wrong place, if the kingdom love of Jesus hasn't come in and transformed your heart and you're not seeking to show that love to other people, then all you're doing is just making a lot of noise. And it's worthless. It's a waste of time. And God doesn't want to reward that. Now, you and I might not spend our time blowing a trumpet to announce our good deeds, but I think that we can be guilty of this all the same. Because we live in a world that I think is well summarized by some YouTube video titles that I found. So here's one. 
I gave $20,000 to random homeless people. Or here's the second one. Paying for people's, wow, you guys knew that video? That's amazing. Paying for people's groceries and giving away spending money two days before Christmas. Emotional. First of all, emotional? It's just, that's so dumb. (laughs) Are these people doing good things? Yes. But who's that video about? I gave. I gave. Look at me. Look at this cool video of me doing this really awesome thing. Who's that video about? It's not about the homeless people. It's not about the people that were given the money before the holidays. It's about the person that uploaded the video. Look at me. Look at me. I'm awesome. And now if they're not following Jesus, if they're not a Christian, then we can't expect them to live in a way that honors God because they don't know God in the first place. And so they get what they wanted. A lot of applause, a lot of views, a lot of popularity, followed by a whole lot of silence. As the crowd around them, as their audience of hundreds of thousands of millions of people just wait for the next video, wait to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and life is suddenly just a performance. Life is a performance. And I know some of you know what this is like. I know some of you know what it's like because you are living to get the people around you to like you. You are living to get the, to to impress your mom or your dad or your teacher. And it's exhausting. This is the very thing that Jesus is warning, warning us against. Because he knows that living life like a performance is exhausting. And it's funny because I said the same thing about living a life that's filled with just uh, pent up anger, right? It's as if Jesus maybe actually knows what he's talking about and maybe actually wants what's good for you, actually wants what might be best for you. How about that? Living every day, trying to please the people around you. Living every day, always having to be on, always feeling like you have to perform, always feeling like, man, if I take one step out of line, then they're gonna hate me and I'm just living for the people around me. That's exhausting. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't want anything to do with that because if who I am in all of my life hangs on whether or not people like me, then I am gonna live the rest of my life miserable. And so Jesus is offering us something better. Now you say, well, hold on, Tyler. We we looked at verse four, right? And it says that God is still our audience. So now aren't we just living to get the approval of God? Aren't we just living in such a way to make it where God either loves us or doesn't love us? No. Because Jesus isn't judging our desire to be approved of or our desire to be seen. He's not judging it. He's redirecting it. He he, he says this, what might it be like for you to instead of living your life for the approval of an audience of many, what might it be like to live for an audience of one? Instead of a thousand voices around you, some approving, some destroying, what might it be like to listen to one voice? One voice that isn't going to change whether or not you do a good thing or a bad thing. One voice that has already made it very clear what he thinks about you. One voice that no matter good, great, bad, or terrible thing that you do, he is never going to stop loving you because his love for you was never based on the good or bad things that you could do. 
And so that's what Jesus is offering. And so the world around you can clap or not clap all they want. It doesn't matter because you're not listening. Your ears, your life is tuned in to the one person who ultimately matters in your life. And that is the voice of God. And he is giving you a standing ovation because of what he's done. Because of who he has said you are. Instead of a thousand, right? Have you ever been in those situations where there's just, it's really loud and you, and you need to focus on something and it's just so hard because it feels like there's people talking over here and there's like a video playing and there's music and I'm just, I can't focus. And then it's just one. And he is telling you exactly what he thinks about you. And it's not gonna change no matter if it's a great day or a bad day. So Jesus goes on. And in verse 3, he says, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, so Jesus just said, hey, here's what life in the kingdom doesn't look like. It doesn't look like all about you. Here's what it does look like. So he says, not if you give, but when. So to Jesus, it is an understood statement that Christians, that kingdom people like you and I are, if you are a follower of Jesus, are givers. Kingdom people, Christians are generous. They hold on loosely to the things in their life, knowing that they were ultimately given to them a gift from God anyway, to be used for the glory of God and the good of other people. They're generous because God is generous. So then what's this whole left hand, right hand business? about. Because I, my left hand can't be down here, my right hand can't be up here, and left hand's like, what's going on up there? Like, I, there's, they can't actually not know what the other one is doing. So here's what I think Jesus means. Have you ever done something that was just uh, so natural that you didn't even realize that you were doing it? So here's, here's a, I think, an example for a lot of us, which is speaking your native language, which for most of us, if not all of us, is going to be English, right? So you had to learn English, you had to learn words, but now when you're talking, you probably don't actively need to think, okay, speak English right now. Don't speak Russian like last time, speak English, right? You don't need to actively think about speaking English. It's just something you do, just natural. Or like chewing, right? Like at one point in your life, you, need to, you had to learn how to chew. Which if you ever feel like you know everything and your parents know nothing, just remember that they had to teach you how to use a spoon, okay? That'll humble anybody real quick. But now you know how to chew, right? Like you, you weren't sitting out there eating chicken sandwich and you weren't like, chew, 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 chew. Drink, chip, chew, chew, chew. Like you don't have to tell yourself what to do. It's just happening. You can be chewing and talking to somebody and be on your phone doing like three other things at the same time. It's just natural. So that's what Jesus is getting at. He's saying that kingdom people, people whose hearts have been transformed by Jesus are people that just naturally and automatically give because it's who they are. It's who God has made them to be. It's what they do because it's who they are. So they understand, well, okay, Jesus gave his life for me generously. So that means I can at least give my time or my energy or my money or encouragement to help someone else. Jesus gave all of it for me. So I think that means I at least can give some to help you. 
And it's this kind of living, living that partners with God in what he's doing in the world that God rewards. Now, he doesn't reward us with his love. We already have that. He's not saying, okay, if you give enough this month, I will love you. No, that would be mean. We already have all of God's love. You could be the worst sinner of the sinners, and you have all of it. We are rewarded by getting to be a part of what God is doing in the world. It's like a kid who helps their parents or their grandparent with a project around the house, right? Like they don't need the kid's help, but they like it. And the reward for the kid is that they get to be in on what the parent is doing and they get to get a glimpse into what they're doing and why and, and the heart of the parent. And that's the reward. We're the kid. We're the kid. So what do we do? How do we live for an audience of one? Well, we start by asking ourselves these questions. Am I living to get glory or am I living to give glory? Am I living in such a way where everyone is, I'm hoping that everybody looks at me and sees how awesome I am and sees all the awesome things that I do? Or am I living to such ways where people look at me and then all I do is just say, yeah, but look at Jesus. Look at God. So in all the things that we do, we can ask ourselves, am I doing this for me or God? Because right now in this section, Jesus is talking about when we give money. But in, in Colossians chapter three, Paul says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man. So in everything that we do, from the moment we wake up to the time we go to sleep and even in between. Am I sleeping for the Lord? Am I, am I doing everything that I can for the glory of God? If yes, great, keep it up. If not, bring that to God in prayer. Talk to some people about that. Man, I am, I am way more selfish than I thought. Bring that to God. Ask him to change your heart. So here's one simple thing that I think can really help us. This week, do a kind thing and tell no one. Do a kind thing and don't tell anyone about it. See how it makes you feel. See what it reveals in your heart and bring that to God in prayer. You might not want to do it because like, man, I was doing, everything I was doing was just so that people thought I was awesome. Or you might do it and then be like, man, I really want to tell some people. Bring that to God. Help somebody out at school. Don't tell anyone about it. Give some money to the church. Don't tell anybody about it. Write an encouraging note to somebody. Give it to them. Don't tell anybody about it. Help out with chores around the house. Clean up your sibling's room. Don't tell anyone about it. If you think it's below you, you're probably doing something right, as long as you're doing it. We serve a generous God who has called us to be generous people. We serve a God who gave his all for us. So we are called to give our all for others. And we serve a God who came and did not live in such a way to gain popularity or to be flashy or just be seen as super awesome by everyone around him. We serve a God who came down and did not seek to be served, but to serve. Let's pray.
Father, give us a heart like yours. Give us hearts of generosity. Give us lives that are quiet. Give us lives that aren't focused on all that we do or the awesome things that define our life. But let everything that we do simply be a signpost on the way to showing how awesome you are. Father, we love you. Change our hearts and change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christ Church, visit us online at cco.church.